Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody. Shoots and Ladders podcast, a 90s wrestling rewatch with a specific vibe. We're going for 30 years ago today slash this week. We have a doozy of an episode for you. We have one of, uh, did we get the King of the Ring this year? Yes. yes one of five episodes where we are both going to start in the past and end in something new, right? So we're going to start with a Superstars episode. That takes place before the Royal Rumble. And then the Raw that takes place after the Royal Rumble. So we kind of have like little housekeeping. We got to kind of sweep the Royal Rumble crap out. Get into the new stuff. Especially a pretty good perfect flair match. So Jen, why don't you give us a rundown? Well, let me just go ahead and introduce myself again. My name is Pat. Joined by my lovely co-host Jen. Hello. Why don't you give everybody a rundown? What week are we on and what did we watch? Okay, so we are in the fourth week of January, which if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, no, actually we're in the first week of February. That's right. We are, you know, we're catching up. We're playing catch up. That's why you got two episodes dropped on the same day this week, but... In 1993, we got in our time machine. We went to 1993. We are the fourth week of January. So the first episode we're going to talk about is an episode of Superstars that took place on January 23rd, filmed in San Antonio, Texas. Your hosts are Macho Man, Jerry Lawler, and Vince McMahon, the Superstar crew as of right now. And we get like oh my god like if it feels like 87 matches we start with an undertaker match it did feel like a lot of matches. <laughs> it was like the longest episode of superstars ever and i don't know why so we start with the undertaker then we go we get a marty Jannetty match we see some lady absolutely bug out at the the sight of marty Jannetty taking off his shirt then we go right to a rum- royal rumble report with sean mooney the first of what feels like 82 Royal Rumble reports. I was just going to say, like... Uh, I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. Did we not get, like, 13 Royal Rumble reports in this episode? I believe we got three. So this is the first one. Then we get a Papa Shango match. And then they show Owen Hart getting attacked by Razor Ramon one more time, in case you haven't seen it yet. But there's really not... I feel like there's no uh, number of times that would be too many times to see that, right? I agree. Okay. Then you get an interview with Bret Hart, which in my opinion is the best part of this episode. Then you get a Bam Bam Bigelow match. Bam Bam. Then we get a headlock on hunger situation. We are, I will say this, they're promoting their charity. As someone that has now been playing for over a year, WWE 2K22 GM mode, they are definitely spending the money to promote the charity. They are. Then we get... Royal Rumble report number two, this time with Mean Gene. Then you get a Kamala match. Then Bobby Heenan coming in hot about Narcissus or no. Narcissa. Narcissa. Um, then you get your third Royal Rumble report again with Sean Mooney. And that is your Superstars episode. It really felt like Forever. Like, we were like, oh my god, we've been watching this for three hours. Like, I don't know. Since this is one of five, and I know I'm springing on you right now, let's let's just take a pause. Okay. We'll get to the rest of your rundown after we break this down. Let's just break this down. Can we agree? I'm gonna break it down. Can we agree that this did not have the best match of the week? Can we agree with that? I, um, I feel like you're putting me on the spot here, but I, 
I guess I'll have to agree. And could we agree it didn't have the best costume of the week? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, we will have to agree. This was tough. It, it was tough watching this episode of Superstars. Uh, we just dropped our Royal Rumble episode today on the day that we are recording this one. So that's a Monday, but it, it was tough. It's just hard. It, it's hard to watch these. Nope. <sighs> Superstars really does, especially at this point, really is not kind of telling its own stories. It's just promoting the next big thing. Raw is what's going to be driving, I think, at least for a little while. For the most part. Driving, driving the brands kind of forward and being like, hey, this is some actual stuff. You could just casually watch Raw and get a good feel about a lot of things if you're doing it you know, as soon as it kind of starts. Superstars, you're like, oh, okay, I don't really get a good match. There was no real good match here. Really no pageantry. Really no fun, right? I mean, I didn't... Well... Unless I'm missing something. Hey, come at me. Because then we'll go into the other side and we'll plug No, they're in. all jobber matches. This is just a jobber match. There's, there's no match that you're like, oh, yeah, I really want to see this. Um, That's Superstars now, though, right? Um. There's a lot of updates. I forgot to even mention one of the updates. The first update we got right after the Undertaker match was with Mean Gene. Mm-hmm. It was, in fact, brought to you by IcoPro, but this whole update was to show us the prosthetic arm of that, Doink. Yeah, that Doink beat Crush with. And do, do you remember this? When he slams it down and he's like, it must weigh 15 to 20 pounds. And then they show the whole concussion situation all oh, over yeah. again. 15 to 20 pounds. And then he throws it across the room. As if it weighed, let's say, five as a, pounds. Yeah, as if it's a hot dog. Like mm-hmm. As if it's rubber, right? Yeah, so yeah. it started one way and ended another way. Like, this is where we started. As this if is it's where we exactly ended. what it is and it weighs one pound. I think I audibly laughed out loud. I think happened. we both did. Really? I was like, what? <laughs> I rewound it and was like, did he just say 15 to 20 pounds? He's yeah. like, it must weigh 15 to 20 pounds. And I'm like, first of all, Mean Gene immediately knows his weights. Second of all, and he said it was made out of lead, must weigh 15 to 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh it was a lot. I, I'm not gonna lie. It, <laughs> it, it was. It was. It's been a lot in the lead up and hype to the Royal Rumble. It's. It's been a lot, and it's been a lot because, as you talked about in the intro, and as you wrote up for the Royal Rumble, that was the the last quote unquote golden age of wrestling Royal Rumble. So we're really moving into the new generation, yeah, and so era. it's it's a lot to kind of digest right like I mean, we're pushing cons- doink we're we're pushing crush like we're pushing these mm-hmm. characters and storylines that doink the clown as a kid at least the first iteration he reminded me of john wayne gacy and i just i can't unthink that right so it was the scariest clown oh, that's interesting ever. um so it's like oh here's a wrestling clown i'm like does he kill kids I never Does he kill people. That's funny. I've never associated him with John Wayne Gacy, which ob- it's an obvious association, right? Like evil clowns. But um, yeah, it's interesting that you linked that. Um, yeah, it's funny too because it is considered the last um, Royal Rumble in the Golden Era. But even if you just look at this Superstars episode, every single match is basically with a new generation person except maybe papa shango um everybody else undertaker just spans the test of time he doesn't you know he's a multi-era dude marty janetti on out now pat is showing me a picture of john wayne gacy yeah no i know that john (laughs) but i feel like john wayne gacy is the creepiest human being on the planet 
Right, but I feel like that was the vibe that I feel like the vibe they were going for was like scary killer yeah. clown. It and was. So, it was. You know. It was, but um again though, I just like this doink so much more than the than the face doink. Like I just completely hate doink as a face. Like I don't need a happy clown. I if, if you're gonna bring a clown to a wrestling ring, he needs to be a little evil, right? Like, can we agree on that? The fun part about Doink was that Doink was a ready-made video game character. So when they did put him in the video games and stuff, it was cool because you're like, oh, Doink, that's like the clown. That's like silly. But outside of that, it was like extra silly. It would have been cool if they like kept him. In my him... opinion. Yeah. He's a video game character. Yeah, no. He's a fun video I mean, game character. He's like, like all these other ridiculous gimmicks. But yeah, he. I think it would have been fun like if instead of him being a wrestler he was just like in the crowd for maybe a little bit longer like maybe they really pushed it out to like a year of this guy in the crowd or screwing with the wrestlers and then he was like somebody's manager like he brought somebody in like i don't know like like he brought in like a i'm trying to think of someone that would be at a circus that would be a so you're doing like revisionist history and now you're making doing a manager instead of just being like hey we got what we got yeah because i that he was entertaining when he was like playing pranks on people more than when he like is a Sometimes you have to say to yourself... I am doing revisionist history, yes. We're getting all of these just straight gimmicks. There has not been a gimmick outside of The Undertaker, which I will not count that as a gimmick, even though it was, right? Doink is the best, I think. Come at me and tell me what's better. I know you're on the spot, but Doink is the best of the, like, he's a clown. He's a plumber. He's a garbage man. He's a uh, repo man. He is Skinner, <laughs> the, you know... Well, Skinner's not an Alligator Skinner. I mean, well, maybe yes, maybe Alligator maybe. Trapper. He's like an Alligator Trapper. Big Boss Man, maybe you have an argument. Longevity. But, I mean, Doink was like, for me, it was fun as a kid. I'm like, oh, that's like a wrestling clown. Like, this is silly. I don't like any of it, And it was honestly. silly as a video game. Like, I think it's just like the cream of the crop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, it's all funny. I don't know. It's all fun and games, you know, until someone gets beat with a 15 to 20 pound prosthesis. It's true. Anything else you want to button up here on the Superstars episode? Because I feel um, like we've already given it too much, uh, too much run. There well, really was nothing to happen. The only other thing that happened was the interview with Bret Hart, which was like one of those in the arena interviews, right? Um, and instead of coming out and like confronting him, they have Razor on like the big screen, so his face is like the biggest face you've ever seen. That like, was fun. You're right. That was fun. that was really funny. Just kept cutting Bret off. He was talking about squashing his brother, his baby brother, like a cockroach. Um, Brett's calling him gutless. Like, I mean, it is just real. It, it's it's there, not the best promo. It's fucking entertaining, though. It's It makes you laugh. Like, oh, God, the 90, 90s wrestling is so silly. The like, energy was silly. wild eight-year-olds on a stoop energy. Where, like, one of them's at the top of the stoop and the other one is at the bottom and they're yelling at each other. Yeah. But they're never going to fight and they're never going to get like on top no, of each other. Never. <laughs> they're too young. So they're just like, I'll get you. You got this coward. You're yellow. I'm going to beat your brother like a cockroach. And you're just like, what? It was so good. And it was the, good. It, that, it was good. That was right, my bad. Good. That was good. And you know what I noticed about it? And like, it's always there. But I really noticed it in this segment is how slow Razor Ramon talks. And it like, you get, he doesn't have that thing where he's getting nervous, so he talks fast, or he's getting heated. Like, he keeps it really cadence. Cadence. 
slow. And I think that's why, that's one of the things that makes him so cool. Um, is that he's able, yeah, it's just, it's almost like he's being slowed down. Like you recorded him, then you slowed him down. So yeah, that's the one thing I took from that, the, with that interview and watching Undertaker say ashes to ashes, <laughs> dust to dust and during his, uh, match and a little pop-up interview. That's it. That's all I got. I got nothing else. I- I'm going to go ahead and put a button in this and I'm going to, you know, press pause on the podcast box here. And we're back on the podcast box. We gave ourselves a little beep bop to now jump into the meat of the episode, Jen. Give me the rundown of this episode of Monday Night Raw. Okay, so the Superstars was January 23rd. Then we go to January 24th, and there is a Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. right? We posted a whole thing about it yesterday, so maybe you want to listen to that. I don't know. Then, on January 25th, Monday Night Raw, we get a Monday Night Raw on the Monday Night Raw on Monday night. When was it taped? I don't know. Do you know when it was taped? It yeah, was... The, the week before, January 18th. So this actually happened Was the week it really? Before. Yeah. Okay. Because we had a grand debate when this all started. You're like, no, they were all live. I'm like, they weren't all live. And you... so this was January 18th. So this had already occurred before the Royal Rumble. We did have a grand debate. You know what I think it is? I think that one is live and then one is taped the week before at first. And then it... Yeah, yeah. They, then well, they eventually, down. yeah. And then eventually they stop. But in this instance, you know, just, just to say, this had already occurred. So okay. this happens before the Rumble. So give me a breakdown. What do we got? Okay. So... Welcome to Monday Night Raw. We got Vince McMahon... Bob Bartlett, or is it Rob Bartlett? Rob Bartlett. We keep calling him Bob, but he's Rob. Well, you know what? His name... Fine. Bob Bartlett and Bobby Heenan are our hosts today. Macho Man is not there because the first match features Macho Man and Repo Man. Macho's trying to get his hat back, right? Mm-hmm. Then, you get a Kamala match. Then, you get Ric Flair versus Mr. Perfect. 20-minute match. Loser leaves town. The loser leaves town gimmick. And it's interesting because our superstars had 47 shit matches. And mm-hmm. then this has three matches, two out of three being quality matches, right? For Monday Night Raw. Um, I mean, Kamala. I, my notes for Kamala just say Kamala wrestled. I, <laughs> I, I bet he had a hard time find, figuring out how to pin him. That's true. That's but It's always true. It's true. I did like that it's as a true. kid. I did find that funny as a kid. But do you know that the, that Macho Man match? That was a 13-minute match, too. Macho Man Repo. Yeah. Well, they're, they're two le- legit guys, right? I mean, I'm afraid to get my hat repossessed. It's true. It's true. And Matt, Mach presses X, right? And he comes out of nowhere and just attacks Repo Man. Yeah, Ma- Macho him. Man's at that stage of his career at this point. When he's in a match, he's just going to start being a wild animal. Like, he's just going to start attacking <laughs> people. Does. Just yeah. like It just doesn't matter. He just doesn't care. He wants his hat back. I mean, that's that's his hat, Pat. That's his favorite of now, his 325 hats. When I drop the truth bomb on you now, when you're thinking back, doesn't it make more sense? Because mm-hmm. now they've been screwing around with that hat all evening. So now it's culminating that evening. It makes so much more sense. And it starts with... Um, Repo outside. Yeah, he's outside. Where we left off last time. And he's, you know, I think he's got, he's got Rob Bartlett's Cadillac. And he's got a mm-hmm. repossession truck taking the Cadillac away. And he has a hat. I mean... <laughs> 
He's just repoing everything he can. Whether or not, like, the thing about repossessing, the thing about repossession of an object is, like, a creditor is going to hire a repossessor to go get that because you didn't pay your debt. Like, he's committing theft. Like, we have to be clear to the audience here in case they didn't realize he's committing thievery. Acts of buffoonery and thievery. He is thieving. He is stealing a man's perfectly paid for hat by a pimp and he is stealing another man's Cadillac. Like Rob Bartlett, for all intents and purposes, did not need his Cadillac stolen from him that evening. Macho Man paid for that hat, as far as I know. That's it. That's, That's my true. I don't really rant. I don't think that Macho Man um owed on the hat. Yeah, I think he paid for it. I think that's how he I got don't the goods. No, Bob Bartlett. I'm assuming he could afford his car. He did have a job on TV. I'm just saying the way he wildly repossessed it without proving any papers or, or justification for doing it seemed a little sketch. I'm wondering if Briscoe Brothers was the tow truck that picked it up. Always got to look out I for the Briscoe so. Brothers. I do shop. hope so. Always got to look out for the Briscoe Brothers. One would hope. One would hope. So the Macho Man and the Repo Man had a match. They did. And Macho gets his hat back. I was not surprised. And Macho was Reeves wearing... tries to just leave during the match. He's like, I don't, I don't, I'm done with this. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I'm really not in it for the wrestling. I'm in it for the repossessing. And he tried to leave, but then Macho, of course, runs out and gets him back. Because he needed to. Because the only way he can yeah. beat him up is if he's That's in and around the ring. He needs to beat him up. He's, the man stole his hat. And then we end with our Mr. Perfect Ric Flair match. A lot of cheating by Ric Flair. That was, that was my big takeaway. A lot of cheating. Come on now. Come on. There was an unidentified weapon at one point. His feet were on the ropes a lot, using that for extra leverage. I mean, Ric Flair really brought out all, all of the tricks. I enjoyed the the triangle of Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, and Bobby Heenan, which we were building that last year. And just the fact that Bobby Heenan was incredibly upset at the outcome of the match. Oh incredibly upset that Mr. Perfect could beat his commentary throughout this whole match is worth watching the match alone for. It's silly. He's so over the top. I love him. I just love him so much. The but thing he's, about... Oh, he's so upset about Mr. Perfect. He's so worked up about Ric Flair. He's just... Nothing's fair to Flair. Like, it's it's beautiful. Bobby Heenan does a lot of things that are very funny for their time. But the one thing he does the best is, like... It's like his Jim Ross, like, parallel. Like, Jim Ross loves Stone Cold. Like, he, like JR loves him. And it's like... He loves Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Like, the both of them, that he doesn't even know what to do with himself. And he just loves Ric Flair so much. Like, Bobby Heenan loves Ric Flair. He loves right. other people, but loves Ric Flair. Well, like he you didn't love tell. Perfect at this time. He's no, not, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, he's kind of, like, just out there. Because we, we talked last year when we gave a rundown. Like, we're talking about the promos that Mr. Perfect and Ric Flair were cutting about Miss Elizabeth. These promos, mm -hmm. the photos, <laughs> the picnic. Like, Bobby Hina was involved in the whole thing. He was there the whole time. Of course he was. And now <laughs> here he is. He's got to make a choice. Oh, he doesn't have to make a choice. He's already chosen. He's chosen Ric Flair. So how does... Mr. It... Perfect left, right? He's the one who abandoned his friend Rick. It's true. How does the match shake out, Jen? Well, um, after some blood. A lot of blood. A lot of blood. After a few... Flare flops. A couple flare flops. Um, after Vince McMahon threatens that if the match goes beyond the time of, of Monday Night Raw, we won't find out what happens till next week. Which is unacceptable. 
unacceptable because this was before the internet, you know. Um, after all that, Mr. Perfect wins. And Ric Flair's got to leave town. And that's it. That's it. Ric Flair goes. Now, we already knew from the night before Ric Flair, who came in, what, second this time? In that rumble? When did he come in? Two? Three? He came in one. one or, he came in one or two. One, I think. It was like, he was number one and who was number two? Oh, it was uh, it was like Bob Backlund, or it was like it uh, was Bob Backlund. It was, it was him and Bob Backlund. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was uh, one. Was, Bob was Backlund was. Yep. So oh needless God. to say, Ric Flair, who yeah, because last year he was three. He was number three in nineteen ninety two when he and won. Then he won. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So Ric Flair was number one. He got eliminated in a in a kerfluffle and a dust up with Mister Perfect at the Royal Rumble. So at that point, he'd already filmed his exit match, which then aired on Monday. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I mean, we're already we're already there. Ric Flair, like a supernova, like a comet, came into our lives, and now he's gone, and he will not be back uh, for another. What is it like? Ten years, I think. I think he comes back in two thousand one, when when they bought WCW. Yeah. So you're looking at eight years. Uh huh. And he has recently said that um, one of his biggest regrets is leaving in the first place. He wishes he stayed at the WWF at that time. Yeah, well. Because, like, he kind of went to WCW, and I don't think he was ever what he was prior to... Well, no, because he went over there, and there was so much more competition, so much more stuff there, Mm -hmm. I think, that he had to break in with. But anything you want to say about Slick Rick on his way out? I mean, yeah, he really regretted leaving. But I guess, like, what happened was Vince McMahon was just... Like, hey, we're going to start focusing on the young guys, so you're going to be a mid-card guy. And he didn't want to be a mid-card guy. He's Ric Flair, you know? Um, So he bounced. You can't really blame him. But at the same time, you know, can't blame Vince either for wanting young guys. But, yeah, I mean, I love Ric Flair. What what is there to say? I feel like the only thing you could say about it is that's the industry, right? I mean, you had to... 100%. You had to keep moving. They were independent contractors. They had to keep moving, go promotion to promotion. Independent contractors that's what they were called that's that's how that's how it was always portrayed they're independent contractors so they're going from place to place signing their you know signing a contract for an extended amount of time whatever it is so at this point it was time for him to leave um i will go ahead and say uh rick flair's exit from uh from our rewatch will be sad there's a void that will definitely need to be filled mm-hmm. hopefully people can find bodyguards and uh, we can get some more, some fresh new blood, right? We'll get some, find some bodyguards, find some Big Daddy Cools, find some one, two, three kids. I mean, we're going to add some more famous people here. It's not like we're going to... Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of people coming. And then so many people here, their characters are just going to evolve like Owen Hart, who's going to become the most annoying the little King brother ever. The uh-huh. King of Hearts. Who again? Two times slamming award winner. As a kid, the vibe he most people I know that I've talked to about Owen Hart as kids were like, ugh, right? Like this guy's so annoying. Well, he just was a little brother. And, and if you and rewatch it, yeah. And if you rewatch he's it, he's perfect. Like he's. I don't think there's anything else he could have done. He played it perfectly, and there's no other way he could have done anything. I, I mean. In terms of the beginning parts, the early parts of his character and career, I don't think there's much more he could have done because of the shadow that he was in that was not necessarily his fault. Like, he had that last name, but also Bret Hart was the top. So it's not like he really could have done much different. He couldn't have been like, I'm just going to completely differentiate myself. Yeah. I mean, Bret Hart was the the guy. 
Reinhardt was the champion of my youth, even though we know from rewatching it that it really wasn't like that. But that's what it seemed like. Yeah, same. I mean, he was always a winner. He was always, always the guy, right? Right. And if he didn't win, there it was because he got like, um, you know, cheated or something. But he was always in the pursuit. If he didn't have the title, then he got cheated out of the title. Then he's in the pursuit. I mean, even if a quote unquote better man beat him, he'd come back. I mean, that's just always how he was. That's always how it was. But again, if it's a casual, if you just came in and out, you would, you know, we talked about it. You were like, oh yeah, Bret Hart was a champion. It's like, no, it's not at all how that worked. Yeah. You know, so that's, that part's going to be fun. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to get some bigger roles now and have a lot more stuff to digest and, and discuss. But it is sad to say goodbye to the Nature Boy. We are going to uh, give him a... A woo on his way out. Would you like to give him a woo? I think you should give him a woo. Woo! I am wearing woo my Ric Flair shirt. That's it. It's for it's for Rick. And now, yeah. <laughs> anything else you want to add about this episode um, of Raw? Well, did you? No, I think that's it about Raw. Did you find anything this week? That points you to the conclusion as to whether or not the screw job was at work. So when we check in on our meter, which again, I think we talked about it yesterday in the Royal Rumble, didn't really seem that it it moved much. Um, I wouldn't say right now that it moved much, but there are seeds. There are seeds. There's one seed from Superstars. And that seed is a 15 to 20 pound fucking prosthetic arm. We are playing fast and we're loose being, with our props. We're being lied to, okay? Worked on. We're being worked we're on We're being with our worked props. about this prop. Similarly to, similarly to being told that this equipment is $50,000 a monitor. That bread is just smashing all over the place. But I think we need to... I think we need to differentiate, though, when we're looking for seeds and we're looking for maybe, like, not that it's a red herring, but I feel like the exaggeration of the weight of people, the height of people, the weight of objects, and the cost of the equipment, I feel like that's something that's just, I feel like it's played for as its own joke at some point, because you have to be in on that joke. Like, I don't know if that's... But you know what? I'll take it. I had I'll to throw it. it out there. I had to throw it out there. I'll take it. We Maybe had to discuss. We had to discuss. Because there's going to be a lot. You know, Yokozuna's a 500-pound man. And then eventually, he's going to be like over, like I think, 700 pounds or something. Right? Uh-huh. Like, in real life. So, like, that's like a real thing. But, like, is he 500 pounds now? I don't know. It could be. Fast and loose. It could be. I think he was really loose. tall, too, wasn't he? He's not just like a, a five I, I seven. Really, I, true do, I truly do dude. not. I truly do not know. Yeah, I think he was pretty tall. Um, he was my favorite heel growing up, though. That much is certain. He was wonderful. And then even his little run with him and Owen when they were tag team champions was fun, too. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. That's you know? my, yeah. Because you're like, oh, man. <laughs> and Owen would do all the work, and then he would just come in and stomp on people and just crush yeah. them. I mean, oh, it was fun. That, that's one of my favorite... Uh, Thrown together tag teams. Yeah, he was 6'4". So he's not like... Yokozuna? Yeah. He's tall. Like, he's a big dude. Like, he's not just... He's not just big. He's tall. So, I mean... Does Bret Hart win this year's King of the Ring off the top of your head? I think so, right? Yes, I think so. I think he does. I'm pretty sure. And I think that's where we... You know, that's where we'll have to really... Yeah, but because... 
Because by then, he's already lost his title. Right, 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 right. So now he's the king of the rings. Now he's still he's, something. Well, he's good he because, because he's going to get a title shot again because he's the king of the ring. I think that's what the whole thing is. I don't is. remember if that's if that's why he gets a title shot or if it's just because. But yeah. Well, we know what happens. Yeah, because now he's going to start that whole feud. Well, in, Ju- in June or whatever. Whenever that happens, he starts that whole feud with Lawler. That whole feud with Lawler starts. Right. And then you also have the Lex Express is going to be. Uh, oh, yeah, We're, we're going to start hyping that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other tie I saw to the screw job. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just a parallel. And it's going to bring these things up. I don't think that they really. No, no. Nothing right now, so far. I haven't put anything on the board yet. No, I mean, this is... This is so far away. But... Is it? The one parallel... Yeah, it's like four plus years away. Okay. It's fair. I mean, I'm asking... I'm asking a legitimate question. Is it that far away when you really think about times? Like, a president is elected for four years. A lot can happen in that amount of time. I don't know why you're screwing with me right now. A senator is there for six years. There's less time than a senator's time. This is not time. a politics podcast. It's not. It's just a statement of fact because I want to have a mission statement to you so you understand. Like when the when the boulder is chasing Indiana Jones, there is a time at the top where it is slow for half a second, but then when it goes, it goes. And so we just got to figure out when it starts to go. Here is all I'm saying. When the boulder is coming down the hill, I have an idea in my mind. I think when it really starts to ramp up. But these are all seeds, like you said. We're going to play it fast and loose. With weights, heights, measurements, all of it, like that could mean something. Now, having said that, you said you may have found a second. It's just a parallel. That there's Piece one thing evidence. about these matches that's a, that's a parallel. Okay. Loser leaves town match, right? Mm-hmm. Before the Montreal Screwjob, Brett just kept talking about, if I lose, I'm out. If I lose, I'm out. So it wasn't really a loser leaves town match because Sean never said that. But the loser left town and went to WCW, right? Because they weren't, because back in, behind the scenes, they weren't getting what they wanted from Vince. But the thing about the loser leaves town match is the loser leaves town match, again, you already know the answer. So everybody knew that Brett was going to leave. Everybody knew. He had a documentary crew documenting it. No, I I know, I know. That to me I'm is just, like listen, I'm not this isn't I'm just making a parallel, right? Like that's a parallel between I don't two disagree. Things. I don't disagree. I just 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 want to be clear. He had a film crew filming him and he was mic'd up at the time that he was talking about it being a schmaz. Mic'd up. I know. And listen, not all coincidences are something more, right? You can't read into everything, but it is you know. When you are in a world where you pay off everything, where everything comes back around. Why not? But not even that, okay? Like when you're in a world that you're protecting the fact that it is scripted so much that The Undertaker is going out in public wearing all black and not talking to fans. And when you're the son of a guy who lived, breathed, and ate wrestling and had a wrestling his own promotion when you were basically a you were a wrestler 24 7 bret hart Mm -hmm. and you're right you have a documentary crew that's going to expose that these things are not what you're presenting them to be and that they are scripted i mean that alone is wild and that started months before 
the screwdriver. Like months, months and months before that. Yeah. And, so and, it does it does make you wonder, right? Why was that? Why was that okay? Why is it okay to expose it now? Why is it okay to make this documentary if you're so? And he, out of all people, was so protective of it, right? But once the industry. But once that moment happens, again, immediately. The greatest heel character is ever created in any sort of media or any. Well, sort yeah, of that's that's the result of it, or it was the reason it happened. Whatever or the thing is, it was a work. Right, 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 right. But yeah, so I, I just mean, wanted to. It's a tangent. I like it. I like where your head's at. We'll keep watching. I'm trying to find. You got to try and look for some parallels, some some things that I think know. a bigger thing is going to happen more um, regarding the relationship. At least me, I think, as we start to see the relationship really and the the love. Of one heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, who is wonderful. But when you kind of buzz through these episodes, maybe like a year, there's a lot. Especially when I think he gets beat up in 195. Mm-hmm. Like that whole angle of like, when is he coming back? And like the music videos. There's a lot going on to just remind you of how important this person has to be. Because the one thing that the WWF does and has done, WWE now, promote. They're always promoting. They're not just promoting this next event or this next show or this next match. They're promoting the future. They're promoting six months down the line, a year down the line, many years down the line. Because if you're following all this, you know that if they give you something, they will pay it off. Like, for example, tonight, they're giving you, as the audience, a match, which this will have already taken place. But there's supposed to be a match between Bailey and Becky Lynch. And there was a little bit of heat on it. And there was going to be a match. And then that match got postponed or got, as it was, you know, said on the internet that they ran out of time on their special 30th anniversary show, which was a couple weeks ago. But now we're going to get that match now. But now that match is even more hyped on its own because they didn't have it. But yet they're the ones that are blocking off the show and could have bumped something else, but they chose not to. And then they put it here. We've had now all these promos and runs of mm-hmm. Bailey coming at Becky Lynch. And it just parallels a lot of this where you're like... Right. We'll never know what's really going on because there's only a you know a handful of people in the room that know. And that's what makes it all fun because it's like, did you do that on purpose? Did you look at that and go, well, we'll just come back to this in two weeks after the Royal Rumble. We know the outcome of that. Neither one's going to win. We'll create this feud and then maybe have an end of the elimination. Who knows? Right. Like maybe that was always supposed to happen. And maybe it was you always had some supposed people to tweet out like and this people is lost bullshit. their shit. Yep. People lost their shit. The, women, the women's right? wrestling. Right, right, right. Maybe course, that was yeah. always going to happen that way so that they can have this night. Who knows? And that's that's the beauty of it all. Maybe Bailey coming out in a Seth Rollins shirt is everything I need in my life. I mean, I saw it. I saw it all over Twitter. To give any shit about what's happening now. I saw it all, like, well, all, all <laughs> over on Twitter at a house show. I mean, I saw it. And that's the thing. Yeah. Is that this continues. If something negative happens that you perceive or the fans perceive as negative, it could actually have been a positive or they will spin it into a positive. They never forget. And that's the fun part. I hope that hand shows up again. That would be great. That's the fun part about episodic television like this and serial, you know, and 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 soap opera, so operatic, soap operatic, soap operatic. Do go on. Storytelling is that <laughs> you always can mine the past, and that's the great part. And I mean, I see that with what's going on there, and I'm like, oh man, like look, people got upset that you did a thing, and now you're gonna come back and do the thing, unless you always plan to do the thing. You'll never know. We won't know. Yeah. It's part of the ruse, right? Will we know? It's Under part ruse? of the work. It's part of the work. Which is why I leave you today. The work meter has not moved. We don't know if it was a job or work. We don't know. We don't know 
if it was truly the Montreal screw job, we truly do not know. But we're here to continue investigating. Jen, with that, who won the week? Mr. Perfect. I agree. He gets to stay. And who had the best costume? Was it Ric Flair? Are you going to go Ric Flair? On his way out. Yeah. Ric Flair. With love. Ric Flair, you're always loved on this podcast. You are the nature boy. You will <laughs> he's never sitting at home this. listening to... <laughs> he is. He's he's one of the people sitting at home. He's like, oh. Well, let me listen to what these two clowns yeah. have to say I'm about se- I'm 77 there. years old. Let me let me wake up this morning and have a beer or, and listen to what these clowns have to say about What are Pat and Jen them. doing in uh, their, oh. their, cl- their closet? Oh, and they're never going to talk talk about me again? Got it. Rick, we will always talk about you. Um, I'm going to work in a new segment. Minimum in every pay-per-view. Just like, would it have been better if we inserted Ric Flair? Right, mm-hmm. and if needed at any other, uh, you know, larger events, I'm just could it say. have been worse if we inserted Hulk Hogan? We could do, or is that too far? Both. Is that too far? Because I, I mean, know, I know my my venom towards him isn't isn't maybe popular. I think I we know. should rate for WrestleMania, and then we'll decide was it worse? Because <laughs> I feel like for me the answer was yes. Because I was like, what happened here? Uh-huh. Um, but in the same time, if all of a sudden it was Ric Flair that came out, that might have been fun. Be like, what? I like where your head's at. I like it. Right? I like where you're going. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like we're just going to do a little little multiver- multiversal madness where we just kind of say, well, instead of Hulk Hogan jumping on there and, and doing that, what if that was Ric Flair? And you're like, what? Just a thought. Because there is going to be a lot of times where random people are going to interfere with matches. And what if it was Ric Flair? What if? That'll be my, my big what if for this year. But Jen, mm. it's been real. It's been fun. Sometimes it was both. And for now, I'll ask you again. Did Brad screw Brad?